You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church Kelowna. For more information about our church, please visit hopekelowna.ca. All right, turn in your Bibles. We're going to take a few moments together um, in a shorter message so we can spend some time worshiping in celebrating the Lord's Supper here today. And so Hebrews chapter 12, a great verse for the new year. And over the last number of weeks, we've been in this Christmas series called Insignificant Significance, Ordinary People Crowning the King. We looked at Zechariah and Elizabeth. We looked at Simeon and Anna. These are oftentimes overlooked, kind of ignored Bible characters we don't pay a lot of attention to, yet their seemingly insignificant, even at times mundane lives, maybe their ordinary lives, spoke and continue to speak volumes to us today, as well as it did to the people back then. And I totally forgot, if you would like a Bible, the ushers have Bibles in their hands, just raise your hand. We would love everyone to have a copy of God's Word in their hand and have it open to Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, if you don't have a Bible of your own, please take that home with you as our gift to you. And so they have those uh, there available for you. We're going to look at Hebrews 12 in the first few verses in just a moment. But as we head now into 2022, I trust that we would be counted as the ordinary people as we were looking at Zechariah and Anna and Simeon and Zechariah, that we would look at them and see ourselves too as just ordinary people with maybe insignificant, we could see lives or talents or abilities, but would we be used by God in significant ways as we are faithful in crowning the King, crowning Jesus King over all, even as we were just singing that He would be exalted over all, and that we would, as we draw near to God in our love, in our devotion, and then even with our seemingly insignificant talents and abilities and sacrifices, our faith, our prayers, our service, would it be used in significant ways in crowning our King, in bringing glory to the kingdom work that God has called us all to be a part of. Now, being January 2nd, it's time for New Year's resolutions, and I don't know how many of us are uh, into making those, but it is a good time for a fresh, clean start in some areas. And if I could suggest one thing for us all, and um, I think some of us could probably use it more than others, but if we could all get into this this next year, I would really strongly encourage you to do so. Let's all get into some running. All right, and, and let's get running. And, um, and, and before some of you start stressing and saying, well, I don't know about this kind of thing, maybe some of you are already almost already hyperventilating at the thought of running. Maybe even when I suggested that, you even threw up in your mouth a little bit. Um, just, just hold on. What we are going to talk about here is, is not physical running, although that may be a good thing for some of us um, to get back into or to start uh, for the first time. What I'm talking about is running after Jesus that we would get running after Jesus with everything we have in 2022. That we would get into this, get into this and adopt the lifestyle and, and get into the practice and the discipline of running after Jesus. Let's read here in Hebrews 12. We have the encouragement. We have the command. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted." 
four ways that we can get running after Jesus that we see from this passage here today and that we could take. And if we get running after Jesus in these areas in our lives, it's going to be an amazing year for every one of us, regardless of what happens in our world, in politics, with the virus, with, with our own health and strength, with our own finances. If we lean into this, um, it will be an amazing year as we run after Jesus individually, also corporately as the body of Christ. And the first one here is to lean into the strength of the home crowd. Look what it says here. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. When it comes to sporting events, the home team statistically, you go and do a search on this, the home team statistically always does better. Um, because they have the, the fans cheering and rooting them on. There's the home team advantage. In football, in, 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 for Shane and I, in Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, it, it, they call it the 13th man that they have on the field, that when they play home games, in, instead of 12 players, it's like they have 13, and then we actually lost the Grey Cup because we had 13 on. You, you get a, a penalty. Oh, I don't, yeah, anyways, that's just... Anyways, okay, we're talking about new things, good things, not you know, painful memories of the past. Anyways, we, there is the home team advantage, and, and you just think of the Olympic Stadium or, or, or a, a, a arena full of people and how it can cheer, how they're cheering and they're, they're, they're clapping and whistling can inspire people on to personal best even to win the prize. And this great cloud or crowd that he's referring to, the writer of, of uh, Hebrews here, he, he's not referring to a, a literal stadium of people cheering us on. He's referring to Hebrews chapter 11, the verse right before this, which is the Hebrews, the, the faith hall of fame. And it's men and women of great faith and confidence in God, and it's doc their lives are documented briefly here, but we get a better picture of their lives in the Old Testament. Now, this doesn't mean that Abraham, Moses, and Moses' parents, who had great faith, or Joseph, or Rahab, and others, were, uh, are, are literally watching our lives and cheering us on. They're not, you know, just, you know, at the pearly gates, just watching from heaven with popcorn and just cheering us on in, in what's going on here. That's not what is going on. They're not so interested in what's going on here on earth anymore because they're experiencing the glory of heaven. And, 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 but what he means here is this about as you and I read about their lives and reflect on their faithfulness and their boldness and their confidence, regardless of the difficulties and the hard circumstances they went through, that seeing and understanding, we would gain much encouragement and it would propel us to be men and women of great faith, even in the midst of hardships and difficulties and trials. And that this would propel us in our own faith journey as we look at this great cloud of faithful men and women through the centuries. But this also speaks about the home team advantage, about being connected to being known in the body of Christ having brothers and sisters in Christ who are encouraging and praying and standing with you and, 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 and that you are doing the same for others. It is about being known, being known and knowing others and growing together in relationship. And in 2022, I pray, I trust that all of us would lean into the strength of the home crowd. And for some of you, this means stop dating the church Quit bouncing around, stop dating the church, and fall in love with the family of God and commit to the body of Christ. Because being a free agent um, means that, that, that you don't have roots, and it means that, that, that you aren't known. And we need, you need, you will need, at some point in your life, the advantage of the home crowd. And you're going to need brothers and sisters in Christ who know you, who are walking with you, and can, can, can come alongside and encourage you. 
For some of you, you might be thinking, I would, but I've been burned, and I've been hurt by the church. I've been hurt by the religious establishment. And, and it's like, okay, well, welcome to the club. I'm sorry to say many people have in this room, and, and, and ultimately, so was Jesus. He was crucified. He was beaten. He was scorned. He was mocked, by and large, by the religious establishment. And yet, it, he continued and he pressed on. And he gave himself for you and for me. And so may 2020, 2022 be a year that we all lean into the strength of the home crowd. Second of all, lay aside distractions. Look again, verse 1. It says, let us also lay aside every weight. Now, in the Greek and Roman era, for centuries, actually, as I did some research on this this past week, including the Olympic Games, that oftentimes the athletes, and it was... It was male. For the, by and large, it was ma- uh, men who competed in the Olympic Games and in the athletic competition. They competed naked. And, and they literally stripped down to nothing. In fact, I read at one point that this happened, I think it was about 500 BC, that a, that a runner was running a race and he tripped over his loincloth and the emperor watching the games demanded from that point on all the, the runners strip naked and run without anything to hinder them. And, and so that is believed to where some of that began. This was to avoid any and all possible hindrances. Now, I don't recommend that you go jogging today, uh, stripping down quite like that, um, unless um, you, know, you want to go to jail uh, for, for a period of time. Like, don't do that. But what the author is getting at is that we are to lay aside the distractions, the hindrances that can slow us down, trip us up in our own spiritual lives, that we need to lighten up. Athletes will look at any advantage they can to lighten their load, to go with lighter shoes or equipment, whatever it might be. I texted James Reimer, who is an NHL goalie, texted him this week and just said, okay, since you started playing hockey, because he's been playing for a good number of years now, how much lighter has your equipment gotten over these years? Um, Because you notice it seems to get bigger, but it also seems to um, get smaller or or, or lighter. And he said that it's dropped probably 20 to 25% in weight because goalies and players, they want to be protected, but they want to be as light as possible so they can be as agile and ready to move and to stop the puck or to shoot the puck or to skate as fast as they can or whatever it might be. So they're looking at, at, at laying aside this distractions, getting as light as they can be. Now, distractions and hindrances are ne- not necessarily bad things, but they're just not the best things or they're not the, the, the better things that we can pursue. It at times can be the busyness and the cares and the pursuits of, of this world. It can be the time wasters, the things that, taking, that take us away from pursuing Christ. It can be, as I said, the, can be good things, just simply not the best things. And it causes us to live out of balance or causes us to get tripped up because we're not paying attention to our spiritual lives. I mean, it's so amazing how we can binge watch on Netflix, Disney Plus, or sports channels, or, or, or other pursuits or distractions, whether that be on social media, get into the scroll hole and you're just scrolling continually, or video games, or politics, or hobbies, or online research, or shopping, or career pursuits, or all these different things. We can give so much time to these kind of things. And, and what the writer of Hebrews is saying is cut that stuff out. Cut out the unnecessary stuff. Because sadly, these pursuits can keep us from spending quality time with God. How many of us ever talk about binge watching or binge reading when it comes to the Word of God? 
And would we get after the God time daily in our lives and, and, and prioritize, strip away the other distractions that would keep us from the gather time and the group time weekly that we ought to have in, in our lives and, and, and even the things that keep us from giving ourselves and, and going and telling the good news of Jesus Christ to others. For some, the weights that might be hindering you and your spiritual progress might be the failures, the guilt, the shame of the past those voices that you hear in your head continually that won't go away. And the primary way that we lay aside those distractions is going to be by the Word of God, by knowing and clinging and declaring the Word of God in these areas of our lives. Next week, Lord willing, we're starting up again the Fight Well series and the Shield of Faith. And it specifically is how we deal with the guilt, with the shame, with those thoughts, with the fiery darts that come our way throughout the day and how we can defend ourselves from that and experience God's victory in that. And so I wonder today, what do you need to drop? What do you need to get under control? What do you need to set some limits on in your life? What do you need to put in into your life as priority, what needs to kind of go down on the priority list? What is your God, God time daily looking like? What's it going to look this new year? Do you have a plan? If you don't have a plan, it's a plan to fail. And so I encourage you to have a plan. We're going to post some plans on the online lobby that you can, can, can go to when it comes to reading God's Word. And again, New Year is a great time, a fresh start for that. Thirdly, and we need to drop the sin. Look what it says. Let... let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Nothing can halt, can halt or hinder our spiritual progress, sap our spiritual strength, wipe out our joy, and bring defeat into our lives than unconfessed sin, undealt with sin. And so we must drop and we must deal with the sin. The Bible talks about the old life, dealing with our, the old life, putting it off. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like, put it off. Take it off every day. Drop the sin. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Or in, in James chapter 1, it says, therefore, put away. Again, put it off. Take it off. All filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Jesus came to this earth so that we could be released from sin and from its hold and its grip on us. Jesus came and he lived and he died and he rose again, conquering sin, so that we don't have to live in that sin, so that it too, we can find forgiveness and freedom and have those debts of our sins paid for because of Jesus Christ. And so we drop the sin daily by confessing our sins, by turning away from it, putting it off, and daily asking the Holy Spirit to fill us and empower us to live in strength and victory in Him, keeping those accounts short with Him. And fourthly, running after Jesus with everything we have in 2022 requires keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, keeping our eyes fixed on Him. And it says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, get your eyes on him, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The Christian life is not a sprint, it is a marathon. It is not Give your life to Jesus and all things will be better forever and then you'll go to heaven. No, in fact, it's a battle, it's a fight. 
but we need to be prepared. And athletes who, who, who make the team, who make it into the big leagues, who represent their country at, at, at worldwide events, the, the athletes who, who win the championship, the gold medal, the cup, whatever it might be, they did it by training and sacrifice and perseverance. That is how they made it. That's how they pressed on towards that. Why? Because they had a goal in mind. They had the goal of the championship. They had the goal of making the team, representing their country. They had the goal of uh, winning that gold medal. Our motivation is Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal, the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We run and press on knowing that the prize of heaven is waiting for us, that the prize of heaven is there beyond this life. And hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant, ought to be the motivator. Not what other people think about us, because in the end, that doesn't really matter. The end is what God knows about us. In John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, the pilgrims come to the enchanted ground. And the enchanted ground was a place of tranquility, of enchantment. It had a tranquilizing kind of quality to it that would induce sleep and a casualness. And so the point that Bunyan is making in that is that close to the entry of the celestial city, close to the heavenly kingdom, right on the threshold, there is the place of enchantment that is very alluring. And a place of enchantment is there to try and seduce the pilgrim, to cause the pilgrim to fall asleep to very close even to that heavenly city. And Bunyan was so aware, and so we ought to be so aware as we head into this new year in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, where it says, so if you think that you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. And we must press on knowing the enchantment, the allurements of this world are around us, and we must, pro must progress. You see, the progress of a lifetime may be brought to a crashing halt if we are unprepared. If we just kind of daisily kind of go through this next year, we're going to stumble, we're going to fall. Instead, it's leaning into the strength of the home crowd, laying aside the distractions, dropping the sin, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. It says he was the author. He's the one who starts our race for us when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. He authored this race. He is also the perfecter. He finished the race, and he will be the one there to welcome us at the finish line. Notice it says despising the shame. Here we have the Son of God coming to this earth, we just celebrated his, his arrival, living in a poor home, lived a humble life, doing amazing things in the service of others, fulfilling the perfect righteousness of God, yet was mocked and spit upon, stripped and naked and, and, and nailed to a cross. His reputation and everything, all the good that he had done, seemed to be tarnished and diminished by those around him. And yet it says he despised the shame. He said, shame you will not win. You will not win in this situation. You see, his eyes weren't on the cross. They were on the crown. They were on the glory. They were on what was coming, that he would be seated one day, very shortly, once again, with his heavenly Father at the right hand. And not only would he be seated alone, but he was doing this so that he would bring many sons to glory, that he would bring many of us who would receive him to be able to sit there. And he says, I want you to have a piece of what I have sitting here next to the right hand of the Father in heaven. I want you to have this. This was the joy that was set before him. This is how he endured. Would we do the same? 
And I pray that this would be a year that we would run after Jesus with everything we have. He's the prize. He is the pearl of great wealth, of great beauty and great awesomeness. So I wonder today, what is the next step you need to be taking in your life? What is the area that you need to lean into the strength of the home crowd? Perhaps that's it. It's laying aside some distractions. It's dropping the sin. It's having your eyes fixed on Jesus, on the heavenly reward. 